want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kelly Green Hour, as we are mere hours away, well, days away, I guess, from the Philadelphia Eagles opening training camp here in the city of Philadelphia. I'm your host, LJ Rell, and as always, I am joined by my, my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, you finally got the tweet live Eagles stuff, and you, you texted me early, messaged me earlier, like, it feels phenomenal. It does. It's It's great. And we're finally here. We made it through this long. It was, dude, it was hot as you know what in, in the city of Philadelphia this week or this weekend. I'm so thrilled to get back to Eagles football. Yeah, absolutely. I had to, when I woke up and I was looking around and I was seeing some reports and some Eagles talk that I knew I had to tweet about and I knew would get conversation flowing. That is, of course, outside of speculation about Jalen Hurts. I've kind of stopped tweeting it because it's almost nauseating to talk about it now because it's like let's have training camp let's preseason doesn't matter let's have training camp let's get some actual video of him putting in his work let's actually see what we're working with there's one side of the room a lot of national media one side of the room that says Jalen Hurts is good Jalen Hurts is better than people think then there's the other side of the room which is pretty much all in the state of Pennsylvania that sits there and says he's not going to be the guy he's not the answer whatever so I've I've Gave up tweeting about those. It's literally just clickbait conversation at this point. But we got conversation going this morning. I announced a 24-hour countdown till reporting. I talked, there's Javon Hargraven. Is he going to sign his extension? We picked up former Cowboy and absolute monster of a running back, Jaquan Hardy. And, uh, yeah, that uh, that is pretty much everything. Oh, and, of course, I got to tweet out about my boy, Britton Kobe. So, of course, that uh, definitely... Uh, made things a little bit better that I got gonna, to say Is he going to be this year's Rasul Douglas for you? <laughs> he just might be the guy that you just don't want to like and the guy that I just can't I didn't stop say liking. I don't want to like him. I didn't say I don't want to like him. And, and I liked Rasul Douglas. I just don't think they that he was fast enough and they played him in the correct And I think the, with Rasul Douglas, the issue became, yeah, that he was trying to fit like a Square in their a circular hole and it just wasn't working. It just didn't make sense. Whereas Britton Covey, you know what you're getting. If they try and make Britton Covey, like they try and play him more than Quez Watkins and try and make him a wide receiver three, which he clearly isn't on this team, then I'd be like, okay, now I think they're just forcing something that's not there. But given that he'd be your fifth wide receiver and he's going to hopefully, I think he would help special teams greatly. Why not? We'll see. We'll see. We did our last week. We did our offensive depth chart for the for the Eagles. Um, they were a little similar. Obviously, a couple of things. I had Jalen Jalen Rager. You had Britton Kobe on the team. Uh, you had Boston Scott. I didn't have Boston Scott. But you know, we'll, we'll obviously see how things go over the next couple of weeks. We're what three and a half weeks until the first preseason game um, against the Jets. So excited to just be able. To, it's August twelfth. So excited to be able to watch. It is. We'll see the starters. So Carson Strong, Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, and you know, we won't see AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. If you see Jalen Rager out there, 
that's an issue for him. If, if he's playing in these meaning and, and these are meaningless preseason games, Jalen Rager, it's going to be – he's on the bubble. I think he's already on the bubble to make the roster. He should be playing almost 100% of snaps. The only reason he should come off is because they're trying to get a look at others because we do have like 15 wide receivers on roster right now. Mm-hmm. So, of course, if you're trying to get a better look – but Jalen Reger, if, if all the rumors are true and they want to keep him around and they, they they think that they that there's an opportunity there, okay, fine. But he better be out there 90% of preseason snaps. The minute he starts being out there less, I think he's made the team, and I do not want to see that. He needs to play every bit of those three or, games. Or it could be if he if he starts seeing less, they've already made up their mind that he's not he has no shot to make the team. But we'll see that as we get towards the preseason. As always, before you know, before we get started. Please follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. You can follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LJHero54. Follow the Painted Lines on Twitter at the Painted Lines. Um, also on uh, YouTube at the Painted Lines. Um, yeah, follow, um, and if you know, rate and review the show just so, and let us know how we're doing. All right, so Connor, we are going to discuss the Philadelphia Eagles defensive defensive depth chart. Who we want to see. The Eagles keep on their roster. Um, I split it up into five defensive end, defensive tackle, linebacker, cornerback, and safety. I think, I mean, if we really wanted to do it quickly, the special teams, kicker's going to be Jake Elliott. The long snapper's going to be Rick Lovato. They're locked. The punter probably shouldn't be Aaron Sippus, but they don't have anybody in camp right now to compete with him. So I think he kind of wins that by default unless they bring somebody in, you know, this week or before preseason games get underway. Um, but yeah, th- that's the special teams for the Eagles. Jake Elliott had a really good year last year. Um, and Rick Lovato mm-hmm. is one of the best long snappers in the league. Sipos started off well, but then really tanked uh, in the second half of the year. All right. So let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles defense. We're going to start at defensive end. I'll allow you to go first, sir. So who do you have the Eagles keeping at defensive end? Absolutely. After my number last week, it actually also works out. I have 25 on offense, 25 on defense, Same. plus the three special teamers. So at defensive end, we got Brandon Graham, we got Josh Sweat, we got Derek Barnett, and he was classified as an edge. I think he can be an edge linebacker hybrid, but Taron Jackson. That is the four I have at defensive end, and arguably when we talk linebacker, Sam Riddick is also going to be that blend of edge linebacker. We know that this defense is going to look really different in the looks that they give, and there's going to be a mix of 3-4, 4-3, uh, maybe even like kind of like a 5-2 type look going on. Like I know they're going to show a bunch of different looks, so you know that outside of the tackles, they're all going to kind of be hybrids. And you know, like Brandon Graham will probably only be out there in 4-3 situations. Like there's some guys who you can almost tag as being exclusive in certain situations. Yeah, we'll see. I, I have the same for Brandon Graham, and he's going to – if he can come back healthy, which, you know, by, by all accounts he's healthy now. Um, you know, he, he he was sorely missed when he got hurt, obviously. Again, after the, the quarterback, Josh Sweat, uh, kind of his production dropped after he got the contract extension. Um, so we'll, we'll see how, how that goes. Um, I do have Derek Barnett, unfortunately. I can't believe they brought him back, but he, he's not going to be a starter, but we'll see if he can maybe get more sacks than than, than penalties like he has for his career. And Teron Jackson, the same thing. They actually have a new room. They call it the DN, that linebacker, outside linebacker room, and that's like where the 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 Hassan Reddicks and the Kyron Johnsons and maybe even the Teron Jacksons, that's kind of where they're, they're, they're going to be. You know, you mentioned, we talked about it last year, how like the Eagles didn't, they, 
Gannon, it's, it's tough because Gannon's going to – has talent now. And it's – we know that he was a big name for, for head coaching positions last year. But – and we, we – I personally, I, I didn't know why. Um, but he didn't have talent last year. And, you know, when it was talked about what type of scheme he would be playing, he didn't really say he had one. And I think that was because he didn't really have the players. And then when you have Brandon Graham, your best defensive end, get hurt, that doesn't help things. And then you have Fletcher Cox who underperformed, that doesn't help things. But now that now that he has players, you have a corner across from Slay. Now they don't have safeties, but they actually have, they have some linebackers this year. You're going to see a four three. You're going to see a three four. You're going to see a five two. You're going to see everything. Um, so it, it'll be hopefully uh, Gannon decides to put pressure on the quarterback this year. Get after the quarterback. Blitz blitz the quarterback. And it's going to start with that front, the front four. And, you know, Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat are going to definitely be two key guys. Hassan Reddick, obviously, 23 sacks the last two years uh, for the Cardinals and for the, the Panthers. He's coming home, playing at the, the field in which he played his college ball. He's definitely going to be a big key, and we'll obviously talk to him, talk about him in a little bit. So we both have four defensive ends. Let's move to the defensive tackle position. Um, I, th- I think this one's pretty cl- uh, clear. Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams. You know, that's – obviously they have the two young guys in Davis and Williams, and Williams was very impressive last year. Um, he And when they drafted him, everybody remembers the the, the uh, War Room video when um, Tom Donahue didn't seem pleased about the pick. Um, but Milton Williams was definitely a pleasant surprise. Jordan Davis, the Eagles traded up ahead of Baltimore to get him. He has a chance – I mean, he's a monster. Obviously – He's got to control his weight, um, but we'll, we'll see how that how the he'll uh, excuse me we'll see how he'll be able to do that. And I, I don't expect him to be right away be on like be on the field for three downs, but I think maybe by mid year second half of the year we're going to see a lot of Jordan Davis eating up space, especially if they go more to that three four. And I expect this is going to be Fletcher Cox's last year, most likely in an Eagles uniform. Um, he could get traded by the trade deadline depending on how the season's going. We'll see, but I think Cox is, um, has a chance to or will come out and be like, look, last year he played down, got cut, got cut, um, came back on $14 million, and he's going to have something to prove. And J- Javon Hargrave, another you know trade candidate for the Eagles, too. I mean, he's due, he's due some money. We'll see. Um, he also could you know resign. But I think they have a really, really good rotation at defensive tackle. Yeah, I mean, I, I have the same four guys. I think it's pretty obvious. Like, you would need – a monster performance by a guy like Marlon Tupolito or Marvin Wilson, who they seem to really like, or mm-hmm. Renal Wren, who they brought in on the contract. But I mean, then you'd be taking either a linebacker or a DB away. And it sounds like they have quantity over quality in the DB room, at least after the start of five, four, five, arguably. I mean, it depends at safety what you say is good because it's an okay safety room overall but after the start in five it's it's a wide open crapshoot for who might actually make the team who's gonna man what position who's gonna be nickel who's gonna be safety who's gonna be kind of like a a blend of the two we don't know at this point yet and i think that they'd rather keep more in that room than in the front four room despite what we say about the front four need in the front four you all, you also alluded to the linebackers being part, essentially somewhat being part of that front four and bringing the pressure that they're going to be bringing and their their usage. Um, the situation between Cox and Hargrave is definitely intriguing to me. I mean, there was somebody who who uh, retweeted our tweet, quote tweeted our tweet, and and said that on their podcast they had mentioned 
that maybe Javon Hargrave be the person to be dealt and keep Fletcher Cox around because he's the veteran, because he's older, he's been in Philly all his career. Maybe he'd be willing to take less money next season versus what Javon Hargrave is likely to fetch because Javon Hargrave is still likely going to fetch a strong amount of money, at least in year one of his next contract. I wouldn't be surprised if even year two, like I wouldn't be surprised if one and a half years of his next contract, which will probably be three years, is fully guaranteed, if not two years of it fully guaranteed. So that makes it difficult for us to say, let's go with Javon Hargrave when that would make a very rich, likely backup. I mean, I know he had a career year with the seven and a half sacks and stuff, but if you drafted Jordan Davis with this type of value, you are so high on Milton Williams like you are in the athleticism that he brings. It just doesn't make sense to bring a guy who might take up more time than they should. And if Javon Hergrave feels like potentially that type of guy who you'd bring in, he's a beast. I like him. If you can find a good rotation between the three of them that doesn't take away too much and that also makes Hargrave affordable for us and helps in the long run, I'd be all for it. But at the end of the day, I agree in regards to Hargrave will get paid for more and he's entering his age 30 season at the, in, during the first year of his next contract, which so is also, obviously... I, I made the point that Milton Jackson and, and Fletcher... Williams. Milton... No, no, not... No, Jackson. A couple years back, Jackson and Fletcher Cox should be cautionary tales of exercising after age 30 contracts. So I don't necessarily believe that we should be all over Javon Hargrave again, unless he has another monster season. If he goes off and he tops this season, well, then we have a whole other discussion. I also think it depends on how Milton Williams does in his second year, because while he was, you know, he was pleasantly you know, surprising last year in the way he played, he could definitely take a, a step back and, and then you have to mm-hmm. reevaluate what you're going to do at the, at the defensive tackle position. Obviously, I mean, Jordan Davis is going to be here. Um, you know, we just hope that he can stay in shape and the money doesn't get to his head, which I don't think it will. He doesn't seem like, like that type of guy. And, you know, he's just, I think having his college teammate here is actually going to help him a lot. It won't allow him to, to get complacent uh, or complacent, I should say. Um, and, and they'll be able to keep up on, on top of each other. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, there's a lot of experience, a lot, and I think a pretty good depth on the, uh, at the front four, or at least on the defensive line for the Eagles. And I know one of the biggest question marks around Jordan Davis was how limited of snaps he played at Georgia. And is he going to be able to step into a role? They, they did. They did. But, I mean, they I were guess up a the, lot. the real question becomes, like, you talk about his weight, and then you also talk about that you need to make sure that he can be the three down guy too. And I think he can be, I I think that that's a bit of an overblown thing that people are just using as a, we got to find you know, poke holes in somebody's game. So let's try and poke holes at the one thing that we know he couldn't do for sure was to be a three down defensive lineman. But like you said, when you were the number one defense in the nation, probably a defense that could play some NFL teams and Beat Might them be the best college effectively in the history of college football. Exactly. You expect that these guys are going to swap in and out and the tread on the tire might be good. Maybe this is a good thing about the tread for tread on the tire. Maybe this will be even better for us because yeah. he comes in fresher than you would have some potential front four guys who play 90, 95% of snaps for a college team. Who knows? But it is the two things that people question and worry about. And I agree on the Milton Williams front. He needs to obviously remain effective. He has the pass 
Russian repertoire. We saw it. He looked good. He's very athletic. And if he's out there splitting time and Jordan Davis is beside him, I think you have a guy who's going to eat up space and you got an athlete like Milton Williams. That's a deadly combination. Yeah. Um, it's going to be up to, to Jonathan Gannon to figure out how to, to use these wep- new weapons that he has. I mean, as I think how has said at the beginning of the offseason, they're renting um, Jonathan Gannon. They expect him to be a head coach next year. We thought he was going to get the Texans job this year. Didn't, but there's a good chance that he may be gone next year, which is why at the end of the season, I advocated for bringing in one of these defensive guy, def- um, you know, head coaches that used to be a defensive coordinator because they could provide insight uh, to Jonathan Gannon and also could help with the defense. And um, maybe they have the guy on staff that they already where if Gannon were to go somewhere else, that they could promote him and not much changes. But let's move to the linebacker position. Um, I'll let you have the honors here, Connor. Who do you got the Eagles keeping at linebacker? They're probably the deepest linebacker group they've had in a long time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I had I had some tough decisions. I think it's going to come down to who they really, like, if they find a value for somebody else in special teams or if they find a value in this, you know, uh, mixed room that they have at the edge and the linebacker rooms. I got Kaiser White. I got TJ Edwards, Sam Reddick, Davion Taylor. Obviously, they love Davion Taylor. Nicobe Dean. And I have Kyron Johnson. I think they really like Kyron Johnson. He's very athletic. He can be a sneaky athletic guy, despite the size. Like, he would be undersized from a linebacker perspective and from an edge perspective, but he is fast. His get-off can be impressively fast. The only one I really debated was, because I see Jacoby Stevens, Sean Bradley, and Patrick Johnson would be the bubble guys in this circumstance. Jacoby Stevens has been such a disappointment. There's They've tried him at safety. They've tried him at linebacker. They've kind of tried him very slightly in like a Malcolm Jenkins-esque role. He had the slot a little bit, but he's really generally disappointed. Nothing great. Sean Bradley, he's a special teamer, and they seem to like him. So that's why I had a lot of like conversation in my head, like, would I keep Sean Bradley? Are they going to keep Sean Bradley? But then I was like, I think they're going to keep more in the defensive back room. Um, and then Patrick Johnson, he's a, he's an athlete. He's a guy like Taron Jackson. He's a guy who can probably blend at the linebacker edge position um, and work in one of those roles. But I just don't – I feel like Kyron Johnson brings something to the special teams with that speed, and he also brings something to that front four slash back four linebacking room on certain occasions. He'll be able to be used in a number of different interesting, more creative schemes. So that's why I got Kyron Johnson – if some guys falter in the defensive back room and Bradley or Johnson has a really good camp, I could see one of them squeezing in just based off of that. But I got six. So I also have six. Um, the starters, N'Kobe Dean, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, because Hassan Reddick is going to be a starter, but he's going to be an end. Um, but I have him. I have, they're, they're my top four. Um, I debated between Davion Taylor and Patrick Johnson. I went with Taylor, but I think Johnson has a, a really good chance to make the team. And if he doesn't, he'll be on the practice squad. And the, the sixth is Sean Bradley only because they like his, you know, special teams ability. Um, you know, special teams hasn't been great under, under Clay. It wasn't great under Clay last year. It hasn't been really great the last couple of years. And a lot of that, a lot of the focus goes to the returners on that, which sometimes isn't fair, but it's understandable, especially when it's Jalen Rager back there and he's not catching the ball uh, or catching it at the one and only get into the seven. Like he, he, he has some dumb 
he does some dumb things back there. And it just makes the the, the entirety of the special teams um, look bad when it could primarily be the, be the, the uh, returner. Um, so I went, like I said, Nicobe Dean, who I think is going to be a stud. I love Nicobe Dean. Everybody talked about possibly drafting him in the first round. He might he might be the best. I think he's going to be the leader of the defense by the end of the year. At the end of the year, this rookie is going to be the leader of this defense. He's going to be the guy that uh, that the his that his teammates come to. He's going to be calling the defense. He'll have the green dot on his helmet. It's going to look. He's he's going to have that type of uh, year. I I don't know if he'll have the Mike. He's not going to have the Michael Parsons stats, um, but he's going to have an impact for this defense. Where you know he's going to be able to go you know side to side. He'll go. You saw him last year playing. He was able to go sideline to sideline against uh, Michigan in the uh, college football playoff game and against Alabama, and you know how good Alabama is and the type of weapons they have. Um, So he's all over the field. TJ Edwards, they they gave him a contract, um, and they they like him a lot. While he's undersized, he's still really good. I mean, this isn't the uh, Alex Singleton and uh, who was the other linebacker that we hated that missed – that led the world in missed tackles. That ended well, up it was Alex Singleton that led the world in well, missed no, tackles. Some, but, oh, they, they cut they, the buddy that they cut earlier in the season. What was his name? Oh, man. He, he ended it? up on San Francisco's practice squad, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, he was. He wasn't you know, worth remembering. Oh, Nate Gary. Nate Gary, yes, yes, Nate Gary. He was terrible. Um, and then, like I said, Hassan Reddick is going to be, uh, he's going to be in. He'll, you know, he'll be getting one after the quarterback. If I see. Hassan Reddick dropping back more than five times a game to, to cover somebody, Gannon deserves to be fired. He should – no, that is not what Reddick does. Reddick goes after the quarterback. Is there a white yeah, I, mean, we, we, I addressed it at the signing of Hassan Reddick. His best seasons have been when he's been more of a pass rusher than a drop-back linebacker, so you cannot play yeah. him often. And then, yeah, and then White could be the, the, the sneaky signing of the offseason. Mm-hmm. He, Kaiser White has a chance to be on the field. Um, the the head coach of the Chargers was upset that he left. He wanted to bring him back, you know. And the the, the coach for the Chargers um, is a defensive minded guy. So we'll see how how that goes. And then Taylor and Bradley are there primarily for special teams. I, Kyron Johnson, I I don't know. I hope he'll be on if he if he makes it through like waiver wires and all that. He'll be on the practice squad. I think he just needs another needs another year. Um, of, of retooling, um, and we'll see. And then, Sean, like I said, Sean Bradley and Davion Taylor will be there for special teams when they need to get on the field to get on the field. Um, as Dave, Dave McNulty says, just my opinion, but I still think there's more pressure on Gannon than the players on D. I 100% agree. It's yeah. all on Gannon now. He has the players. He didn't have the players last year. 100% agree. Um, can see why, like, he, didn't, he played his safeties – at Citizens Bank Park, he played on 50 yards, 60 yards back. Um, but now he's got the players. He's he better show us something. He better show us something. Yeah, like at this point, we're talking about a guy who he has to put the players in the right positions to succeed. So exactly as you said, if he ends up putting Reddick in a drop back situation a lot of the time, then he's just not using them to his strength. 
And Marina was joining in on the conversation as well. She said Bradley will make Ross for special teams and depth as well. Kyron Johnson. I Listen, I can see a world where that happens. I just think that the Eagles really liked Davion Taylor last year. And I think that a lot of people are kind of pushing that love, that real love for him aside because they addressed the linebacker position so much with Hassan Reddick with Kaiser White, with Nicobe Dean. So everyone just thinks that Ky- like Davion Taylor, because of the injury and because he kind of fell off the face of the earth, that he's not going to make the roster. But if I'm, if we're talking Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley, from a who do the Eagles like more perspective, which that could definitely be the final decision that comes down there, I think they like Davion Taylor more. They really were giving him every opportunity. Sean Bradley only saw, I think it was 7% of defensive snaps last year. And there was opportunity to give him more as the season wore on. (laughs) They were, but exactly. But if they were terrible and he couldn't get out on the field, that speaks more to the fact, because they even tried to push Davion Taylor and then the injury happened. But Davion Taylor was well on his way to being out there 75% of the time or more. But it just so happened that the injury came down. Um, Marina also Reddick will not play defensive end. He will play Sam. We completely be the rushing back or like, I don't want to see him covering anybody. He's literally, he is a defensive end just at the linebacker position. Like he's my concern, a linebacker. My concern if you put him at the Sam though, is you're playing on the strong side. So you're going to play a game on the side with the tight end or with the extra blocker. Who's to say that that's not going to lead him to be the guy that has to go off ball and, and defend like, I almost think I'd rather see him coming from the weak side where they have less support. Um, and then she says Dean and Taylor will be the fourth linebackers when Reddick moves up. Dean's a starter. Dean's, Dean's a starter. Be the middle Dean, linebacker. He's yeah, going to have he, the green helmet on. He'll have the green dot on his helmet. He'll be the spy. He'll be watching that backfield. You know, he he's going to have all those roles. I can see Davion Taylor. Davion Taylor, the thing is he has the athleticism, but I just think he needs to, he needs to work on it being a a coverage linebacker he's not really a coverage linebacker he's not really worth the time worth the time like i have a hard time with davion taylor because he wasn't good in coverage but he has the athleticism to be good in coverage so we and then we got what's the chances we get jesse bates we're going to talk about that when we get to the safety position uh, but let's move let's move to the cornerback position for now i have mm-hmm. the eagles keeping six connor I have Darius Slade, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox, maybe the best trio of corners in the league. Not If they're not the best, which there could be better ones out there, they're definitely in the top five, top three. Um, then I got them keeping Jimmy Moreland, who has, has, has a chance to, um, if they wanted to move people around, to, to play the slot. Zach McPherson, who they like a lot, and for special teams. I have Mario Goodrich. Uh, we we talk, were talking about it before we came on. I, it was between Mario Goodrich and Josh Job. Um, I like Goodrich, I, and, and I'm an Alabama fan, and I, so I, I've watched Job a lot. But Goodrich, I think he should have been drafted. Both probably should have been drafted, but I don't know how Goodrich didn't get drafted. I think that Goodrich is definitely has a chance to, you know, Bradbury's here on a one year deal. Matt uh, Slay has a couple of years on. He's on the he's going on the other side of thirty. Goodrich has a chance to. He doesn't have to start right away. He has a chance to groom into a, to a really good corner playing behind these two studs that he's got in front of him. Um, so I got Slay, Bradbury, Maddox, Jimmy Moreland, Zach McPherson, and Mario Goodrich. Yeah, I got Slay, Bradbury, Maddox. I think I, I agree with you there. He uh, 
it, it, that one's pretty obvious. It is an amazing trio. It's a great trio. They had did a great job grabbing James Bradbury. And Vontae Maddox took massive steps forward last season. He deserved that extension. And he is every bit of the nickel back that we want, that we want, that we almost, that we basically had. The last one I could think of like that was like Robinson. That would be the last one that I thought of. And, and Robinson, obviously, we had to let him go because the guy got paid. And Remember, they brought him in here to be a, the number two corner, I think, and he was not good. And they moved him into the slot, and you saw what he, he was did. great. Exactly, he was great. Um, I got McPherson. Obviously, draft capital kind of alludes to we don't like to use that, but McPherson shown a little bit that I think they want to see more out of him. Um, I took Tay Gowan. I'm a big Tay Gowan guy, so I guess I, I may not be. About Tay Gowan. It may not be fair of me, but to me, he's got that prototypical outside outside cornerback body. He's big. He's long. He's decently athletic. He had great success at UCF, and I understand that that hasn't necessarily translated to the NFL level, but he hasn't really gotten an opportunity to prove himself. And I think this training camp and this preseason, they're going to get a lot of looks like these guys that aren't sure things like you said josh job mario goodrich take gowan carrie vincent josiah scott there's so many guys there's so many names that are going to get looks um i just like take gowan because i i think he can come around and that size you you can't replicate that type of size and athleticism and i have jimmy moreland making it as well that's gonna be another under the radar move there's like to me because Paul is in here saying, I have Goodrich and Job on the practice squad. So I want to talk about that. There's a lot of guaranteed money for UDFAs locked up in the two of them that one of them, I can almost bet right now, will make that roster. Without a doubt, one of them is making that roster. Um, you don't spend 120, what was it, 120,000 guaranteed money on Goodrich and Job each and not keep one of them. I'm just like that's that's high. And I have money. Goodrich and you have Job. Like and I have Job. I didn't say Job though because I have Job moving to safety. Is why I haven't mentioned Job yet. But when okay. we get to safety, it'll be further discussed there. Um, but yet, like I think that listen, I think the Eagles are going to have a lot of tough decisions to make, especially at linebacker and cornerback. And there's a like everyone's like, oh, this got to be on practice squad. This got to be on practice squad. There's going to be two, at least two guys that we cut that get sniped for other teams. Definitely. We just have to face it. So that's why you can't look at Goodrich and Job and say those are practice squad guys. You move one of them to the practice squad, unless they tanked their training camp and tanked their preseason, they're going to end up on another roster. They won't make it to a practice squad. Yeah. I love this this back or the, the comments that we have coming in. Um, uh, you know about the, the different. So the the Marina's comment, Paul, I agree on passing down in regards to um, Hassan Reddick. Oh, Reddick, yeah, because Paul, so Paul says Reddick will play traditional defense. So he doesn't, he doesn't put his hand in the ground anyway. He's a stand-up linebacker, like the rushing, a 3-4 rushing outside linebacker. He won't put his hand in the ground anyway. Um, and that's it. that's what they're going to do with him. He'll be the – They'll, it'll appear that there are four down linemen, but it, it or but he'll he'll be standing up. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But again, I want Reddick going after the quarterback. Twenty three sacks the last two years, as you mentioned earlier, Connor. When Reddick was in his early days in, in Arizona, when he was covering, when he was dropping back, he wasn't good. He he was good. He got paid because he was getting after the quarterback. So I I believe that's what what 
the Eagles should have him doing. Good. There could be a player or two where he's got to drop back. It happens. That's, that's what defense calls for. But he shouldn't be doing that again. Again, no, he should be rushing the quarterback. This is cool. Um, we actually have a conversation here where it's almost like one agrees with one of us, the other agrees. Well, Okay, Paul is on the side that neither Job nor Goodrich should make it. So he's kind of on on my side, but not really. But then we have Chris Scott who says completely agree with Paul except for Goodrich. They're keeping Goodrich. So you got Chris on your side in this regard. I do think Goodrich is good. Like we'll see. With with Paul, his his statement is accurate. There's I Goodrich to me, I think needs more time to get ready for the NFL. Job, I think, could be ready for the NFL. I just don't think he's a cornerback. He's not like, fast I don't, enough to be a he's not fast enough. Exactly. That's why I think he's a safety. Which was always my yeah. argument with Rasul Douglas. Well, we always had them arguments in the past. I didn't think Douglas was fast enough. Now, obviously in the defense he's playing in Green Bay, he's showing he he's always shown that he was a ball hawk. I just thought it, playing for under um who was a defensive coordinator? Jim Schwartz. That the way that Jim Schwartz played his secondary, he was that wasn't the scheme that fit Russell Douglas. That's why I wanted him at safety. So we have that same. The, we've had this debate before in regards to to a different player. And it, they are they are so similar. Like you look at the body type that these two guys have. Like when you look at Job and you look at Rasul Douglas side by side, they probably they look very similarly physically, and they have the same deficiencies, similar deficiencies in their game. I just think Job's a little bit better, and I think his best path to like potentially being a starter two or three years down the road would be to move him to safety, but not Chris to keep Scott him at said it, I like back. Job at safety, just not corner and that's uh, Kivo says Reddick will technically be the designated blitzer on every play, which is what we've been saying. Like, I don't want to see him dropping back, you know, more than five times a game. I want to see him going after the quarterback. Um, I think no matter what they do, like Reddick is never going to be the drop back guy, but you may see him at linebacker, like diagnosed in a play and then going like, he oh, may yeah, not that, necessarily, that, that it's not constantly boom, boom, right to the play. But I agree with Kevo in regards to, He's a designated blitzer. It's just when is he going to blitz is a big question. Well, he's always in, – in passing downs, he's going after the quarterback. It's going to be those to. plays like on first down or second and five when the opposing offense could, in theory, run the football. Um, you know, when when, Z, when, when Dak's going to hand the ball off to Zeke, what is Reddick going to do? Because he's going to have to try to get around Tyron Smith. Um, so – and that's not an easy task, even though Smith is getting up there, up there in age for Dallas. But like, he's gonna have to get, get take him man on man, and try to shed that block to, to tackle Zeke. We'll, we'll see how it happens on it. Um, and, and obviously, the it'll all depend on what the scheme looks like and, and and whatnot. So let's move to the final defensive position, the safety position. Um, I got the Eagles keeping five safeties. It would have been four because I had the Eagles trade him for Jesse Bates. But I don't think Howie is going to give up the capital that's needed to get Jesse Bates. It's Howie. We know that Howie doesn't, just like at least it appeared, he didn't value the linebacker position. He got Nakobe, who could have gotten Nakobe in the first, could have got him in the second, didn't get him to the third. So people can say, well, he still doesn't value it, but he did get a really good player. Um, he doesn't value the safety position that much either. Like they didn't bring Malcolm Jenkins back. The contract that he got from the Saints wasn't that good. Like the Eagles could have afforded the contract that the Saints gave Malcolm a couple of years back uh, when he left. So I had them keep in Jaquiski uh, Tart. 
Um, he'll, I actually think he'll be a starter, in, in all honesty. I think he has a chance to, to start. Anthony Harris and Marcus Epps will split some time as the other safety. One of them could also play that Malcolm role as a linebacker safety, you know, covering the tight end or whatnot. And then I have them keeping Kavon Wallace and Andre Chichere, and that's more of a special teams thing. And Wallace is – it's such a bummer with Wallace. I had high hopes for Kavon Wallace when the Eagles drafted him a few years back. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And but you know, looking and seeing on seeing his Instagram, Twitter, and all that, he looks like he's put in the work this offseason. He knows that this is it for him. Because if he doesn't make it, the Eagles are gonna cut him. He'll get a shot elsewhere as a backup, as a special teams player, whatnot, because he is he he is, you know, he has talent, he is athletic. But if he wants to succeed here in Philly, he knows he has to go. He's not gonna be a starter, but he he's gonna have to go out there, show it on special teams, show it in the preseason. We know that the starter. Look, the Eagles starters aren't playing in the preseason. It's just not happening. So he's going to get a lot of playing time. He's going to have to go out there and prove that he can, he knows the defense, that he can cover, you know, his half of the field, his third of the field, and that he can, you know, make tackles when a, a, a tight end beats a linebacker. He's going to have to prove all that. And I think that he may – He's again, he's not going, you know, to be the starter, but he'll make the team. So I got Tart, Harris, Epps, Kamon Wallace, and Andre – Chicherry as the safeties. There's my 25 on defense. Yeah, for me, I have it similarly. I think like Marcus Epps is obviously, I think he's going to be the tight, the safety one. He's going to be the starter. Philadelphia loves him so much. Um, well, not Philadelphia, the city, but like the, the, the staff loves him so much and thinks he can take that massive step forward that I think that they're going to give him as much of a chance to be that 80, 85, 90% of the time on the field. Um, Anthony Harris obviously makes it. Jaquiski Tart obviously makes it. I think Tart and Harris are going to be the guys who split. I don't have them keeping Kevon Wallace. I think his role on special teams is easily replaceable, but I do have them keeping Andre Chichere because I don't think you replace a guy who's starting to be called an ace. He's literally becoming called a special teams ace because he's such a good gunner. He's so smart. He's got a high IQ when he's out there on special teams and he's going to make the play. Um, and then I have Josh Joe as a safety. I classified him as a safety, like I like I was alluding to. I think he, if I was to debate between Kevon Wallace or Josh Job, I think Job can do the things Wallace can do on special teams, probably to equal effectiveness. And I think that he has a higher upside to become something because while Kevon Wallace has been putting in the work, there's just been so much disappointment around him in regards to what we thought he would be versus what he actually is becoming and showing. So, so we, we unfortunately, got, there's, a yeah. on, there's a couple of things going on in the comment section. First, Paul said, I, I like a deal to send Hargrave Rager and a 2023 third round pick for Bates and a fifth. Cincinnati would not take that. I would do it. It'd be a great trade for the Eagles, but I don't, since he's going to want a first or a second, definitely. Um, I mean, Hargrave, yeah, like Hargrave potentially could like could help the deal, but I don't think it sweetens the, the deal as deal, much. Though? It is the last year of his deal, so they would have to give money, and like the de- the whole situation is they're not giving Bates money right now either. So what makes the 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 debate yeah. becomes would they pay an agent defensive tackle in Hargrave? Isn't Bates or young not? too? Yeah, Bates is definitely younger. I think he's like twenty five or twenty six. Well, I like definitely- Bates a lot, and I would do a deal if the Eagles could do it, but I don't think Howie. What, what are they at? Uh, capitalize what like about 10 15 million they got about 10 million but i think more of that will be carried over 
they yeah, use. that's what they like to do. They're gonna have the two first rounders next year. They and and you have to think about it. They're two years away from having to pay. Um, and, and again, I get it. The salary cap's gonna go up unless we have another pandemic. The salary cap's gonna keep going up. I mean, they're still gonna have to pay Devontae Smith. Jalen Hurts potentially has to get paid. Um, so like, if they're gonna roll over as much as they can. And unfortunately, Howie doesn't want to. You don't want to. Howie doesn't want to trade a, a premium pick for a, a, a guy that may not resign here because they can't. You can't resign Bates until after the year. So you can make the trade and maybe have a a, a wink, wink deal. Hey, you're going to sign a deal after the season. But how, how do you know the season doesn't go well? He doesn't like playing in Philly, and he goes, Yeah, you know what? I don't want to. I'm out. You definitely don't want to do that. Um, no, it's question. it's expensive. It's definitely oh, extremely yeah. rich to to consider Bates, and we know how he is. A, he doesn't spend very much, and B, he kind of likes to have the draft capital to prepare to leverage for more of a quarterback type need. He's going to keep those two first rounders, and to pry Bates away, it's going to take a minimum first, I think, for for Cincinnati to even consider prying him away. And Howie will keep those two firsts until the end of the year because he needs to see is Jalen Hurts the guy or not. Because if not, then he can leverage those two firsts to move up and probably draft a quarterback like the skep, like it's been believed. And then uh, Chris Scott with a question: Would you guys resign Slay through twenty twenty five? And if Bradbury plays well, would you resign him for three more years? I would. I mean, Slay. Feel like he's getting better as he's getting older. Maybe it's just being out of Detroit. I don't know, but I mean, Slay is really still good. Slay is really good. Um, it's obviously we're obviously gonna have to see what, how how he performs this year because, again, on the other side of thirty, things could change quickly. But I, I mean, the way Slay played last year, um, I, dude is a ball hawk. He needs they need to find a way to to and they may even do it and that could lower his cap hit and that could give them more you know a more cap room. Bradbury, I know he only signed he signed the one year deal, more of a prove it deal for himself to try to get a payday next year. If they, they sign, if you remember in 2017, they signed Alshon to a one year deal, gave him a contract extension midway through the season. Same thing could happen with Bradbury, so it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if I would yet. I'm I'm so skeptical. Like we've had so many of these re-signing players or Howie kicking the can down the road with players for a couple seasons into their 30s and they just falter. And I'm just I don't know if I'm prepared to take that risk of having these guys falter. Because the issue, Slay is great. Bradbury's great. They're both over the age of 30. Are they Bradbury's just turning 30? Slay's what 32 years old. There's gonna be a cliff. And the thing in the NFL, especially in a pass-heavy NFL, and the speed that some of these guys are coming out of college with, the athleticism that some of these guys are coming out of college with, when they fall off the cliff, it's going to be fast. And I love Darius Say, don't get me wrong. But once you fall behind that cornerback, there's no coming back. And if you still got 10 or $15 million backloaded in a contract with these guys, you're stuck. Like, I'd, I'm almost in the position where I'd rather be okay with somebody else pay almost like the Malcolm Jenkins thing. I know it wasn't expensive, but it might have been a little rich for Howie's blood. You let him you let him go. Like, I almost think that that could be a circumstance with Slay and Bradbury. Nelson got paid. I don't, Nelson's contract, though, was that, that could have been matched, especially when you see Bradbury was a debate. Nelson or Bradbury, I think I like Bradbury more. Bradbury and Nelson played similarly last year. 
Bradbury was in a far more difficult situation for himself. He was a CB1 on a team that was a defense that was on the field a ton because the Giants sucked. Their offense was really bad. Steven Nelson was on an okay defense, still trying to, you know, figure themselves out, but he made some bad plays. He got burned on a lot of plays. So I was okay with letting him go and bringing Bradbury in. Would I sign any of them for that type of, like if the first year is guaranteed or first, like first year for Bradbury guaranteed, and then there's a little flexibility in year two and three. Okay, I could do it, but I don't want to see much money in years two and years three. And I don't think that Slayer Bradbury would agree to a deal that doesn't give them a little more guarantee as they get older. I think it'll be one, it probably be one or the other, and it'll be Slay because Slay's been here, kind of mm-hmm. has that foundation. And, you know, if, if all things go well for the Eagles, they won't have to draft a quarterback next year, and you can use one of those first-rounders on a, on a corner. I mean, it should be a deep corner draft. Um, a lot of guys coming out. So they, they could potentially do that, have that guy play, you know, behind Slay, learn from him, and then, and then transition into that number one role. Chris Scott says we could get Bates for Andre Dillard in a second. I've been debating the whole – and I, I, Connor, me and you have debated the whole Andre Dillard thing because we don't know if he's going to make the team. Um, but – they have the dra- the first round capital in them, and we hate to talk about that, but Howie does live by that, if you think about it. Um, and, but we know how bad that Cincinnati offensive line is. Um, I still think they're going to want a first for Bates. It's going to be tough, but I, I the, the, the Bengals don't really have to give him up. I mean, he won't play, potentially won't play, but they don't have to give him up unless they get what they want. So we'll see. Um, but no, thank you, me. thank you, Chris, for correcting. Bradbury's just turned twenty-eight, so you'd be signing him to a three-year deal when he's twenty-nine. I mean, I still would go. I still would go Slay over Bradbury, personally. I think Slay is better. Um, and obviously, you know, before he went when he was with Carolina, Bradbury was really good, really good. Obviously, an All-Pro corner. Um, but I, I just I like just I like Slay or Slay. Excuse me, I like Slay's swagger, um, but. Playing with the Giants can, you know, defeat you as a person after the way that they've played under Joe Judge the last couple. Well, of years. I think Darius Slay also like he he's a ball hawk, but I don't necessarily like. I don't believe he has to play the ball. He has a name that basically shuts down half a field just by namesake. And so, like James Bradbury, I don't necessarily feel is that same way. Darius Slay's been a shut down corner just based off of his IQ. And how he plays the ball, how he plays the body. He's just such a smart cornerback. And that could be what, you know, allows him to be able to be a high-end cornerback till he is, like you said, 34, 35, 36. You never know. You might be able to get him a bit longer like that. He might Whereas- be able to transfer, uh, transition to safety. where You know, he doesn't have to worry about running with the number one receiver all the time. Yeah, you definitely could consider that. And then it's not, you know, wasting money or losing any money. Um, it's so, there's so much going on. Um, so Paul says, let, let's touch on this. Paul says Eagles will lose Cox, Graham, Kelsey uh, contracts off the books. He's referencing the fact that they all have about $30 million. I believe they're, they're going to be $30 million under the cap next year. Um, seems to be the discussion flowing. I think Cox can come back. He could just has to be cheap. 14 million wasn't cheap. That contract this year is not that cheap. That was just to free up a few million dollars from the initial contract. 
Kelsey, Kelsey will keep coming back as long as we want him. If they don't think Cam Jurgens is ready and they say, you, you sure you're, you won't come back one more year, Kelsey will come back he another year. He always says he has fun. He, he's having fun playing. Under, uh, and if you had fun last year in that predicament in Philadelphia, you're going to have a blast this year. You're going to want to sign like a two-year so. deal. You hope so. You hope so. You hope so. If, if what everybody is saying is true, you hope so. Yes. Um, Graham, I can see. So, but the thing with Graham is Graham, Graham, wants to be an, Graham wants to be an eagle for life. I think he'd be the most likely to take the team-friendly deal and continue to come I back. I think he'll be back. The re- it wouldn't the re- shock me if within the next couple of weeks he resigns and he, he signs an extension. The thing with Kelsey is he doesn't have to take a team-friendly deal because he's so good year in and year out. Like He's always like a top five center. So the Eagles know they kind of can't discount that. Whereas Brandon Graham or a guy like Fletcher Cox, where they're older, they're beginning their decline, they can leverage that. And Fletcher Cox, man, he's what on the books for ten million dead next off season, like or next season. So you can be like Cox, man, we're paying you ten million dollars already. Let's work out a smaller deal. You know you're only going to play like forty five percent of snaps or whatever. We ain't paying you double digit dollars here when you're already getting ten million from us. It's obviously going to come down to how Milton Williams and Jordan Davis look like. If if, mm-hmm. if if Williams takes a step back and Jordan Davis doesn't look like the guy we think he's going to be, then then Fletcher Cox has the the upper hand there. So it's you're but then you bring to... back Jahan, Javon Hargrave. You bring back the younger guy. You bring back the guy who does who you could give the a little bit of money where you know the guaranteed money would be in a guy who's going to be at the start of next year, 30, and then his age 31 season, whereas Fletcher Cox, you'd be throwing money into a guy who's 32, I believe, 33 years old. Like, you'd be throwing back money into that. And to me, that just doesn't make sense. With Hargrave, you probably still have a couple more seasons to really work with and leverage with that contract, whereas Cox, I think, just needs to be team-friendly for a change. Unless he has a big year. And like you said, Jordan Davis flat out fails or like both Williams and Davis aren't what we thought or Williams does regress a little bit. Then I'm sitting there and I'd be like, well, you could probably consider bringing both of them back and give Cox a little bit more money. But eventually you have to move on from some of these aging guys. Like I understand we seem to be so attached to some of these guys in Philadelphia and with some of these Eagles. If Brandon Graham or Fletcher Cox to command a lot of money, I think Kelsey retires before he goes to another team. I think he will always come back as long as Philly needs him, but he will retire as an Eagle. Cox or Graham, I think would they they openly spoke seemingly with a willingness to move on and move elsewhere. I think they would go elsewhere, and I'd be open to letting them go elsewhere if it means Graham if they're spoke, asking a little bit more. Graham spoke today and talked about the how he wants he wants to play and he wants to come back and then they could be potentially working on something. So that's why I say, you know, wouldn't shock me if in the next couple of weeks we, we hear an extension for Brandon Graham and he's back in Philly. Like he'll be, he'll re- be able to retire an Eagle. Yeah. And then uh, Randall says Cox is 31 and only had three and a half sacks last year. hundred percent. But that's the reason he has to take the discount. He has to take the hometown discount. And the fact that, They've already signed him a check for $10 million to not be on the roster next year if he so decides to go elsewhere. We expected more from Cox last year. Was the defense as an entirety a mess? Absolutely. 
can we say it's all on Cox or can we say it's all on Hargrave? No, Hargrave did better than Cox. Cox did, or Hargrave had a career year from a sack perspective. He had his seven and a half sacks. There's no reason Cox couldn't have got similarly. Like Cox should have got more. He should have done more. And I understand there was a lot of questions. And And as as Kevo says, we have the young replacements in every position except corner and safety. I don't know if we have young. I'm still iffy on Josh Sweat. Like he has the potential, but when he got that, when he got paid, he, he went downhill. They still need a young, young defensive end, which I think next year they definitely will get. And now um, I'm re- now I'd be really concerned about like Brandon Graham went down and then Josh Sweat wasn't as good. Like, does he need another guy on the other side of him? Like I understand Hassan Reddick's there now. So maybe the guy is in house that can help to take some attention off of Josh Sweat so that he can do his thing. But then you just paid a guy who requires help along the line to be able to get his pressure. At least he can get the pressure. It's not like Derek Barnett who can't even get the pressure himself. But, I mean, I have my skepticisms on Josh Sweat as well, I guess is what I'm trying to say, RJ. Chris says, if if Hargraves is resigned before the regular season starts, the Eagles save 10 to 13 million this season. That's when I believe we could trade for Bates. I st- look, I'm all for trading for Bates. I originally had Bates on my 53-man roster, but I I don't see how we trading a first-round pick. I don't think a second-round pick will do it. It's gonna have to be a first-round pick. If how we can do it for a second-round pick, fine, because we have we'll, we'll have two firsts next year. We got that extra second in 2024, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So like, good, by, by all means. Do it. I'm I'm okay with like a two and a four, or two and a five, but there's no way I'm, there's enough. no way I'm giving a first. Like there's no, but at this point the ball is not really in the Bengals' court for it is for a bit, but it's gonna slowly move out of the court the longer that this drags out. So they're gonna need to eventually say, okay, if our asking price is a first and a third or whatever, they're gonna have to tone it back and be realistic about it. And Chris, the issue is not money. We understand the money is fun, how we will make it work. He will get Bates if he thinks he can get Bates and he doesn't have to give up the draft capital, like significant, significant draft capital. He'll do it and he'll make a contract work. We know he will. That, that nobody's What's denying that. Faith anyway? <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. You're, well, you're talking to LJ Harrell, who is one of the guys, premier <laughs> like protesters against the cap and believing that it doesn't even exist. So really, I mean... I agree. I agree. But the money's not the factor. The draft capital is the factor in a bait steal. It is. It is definitely. Um, lots of good young defensive defensive ends in the 2023 draft. Definitely agree. The number one overall pick is going to be Will, Will Anderson from Alabama. He's, he's a freaking monster. He should be. He should be. But I do think there's an there's going to be an overcompensation this season on the quarterback position. I think you're going to see quarter, but you're going to see some quarterbacks. It depends because I mean, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis. Like, it, de- it depends on who's going to be up there. Because, like, say, say Jacksonville's no- number one overall, they don't need a quarterback. They're trying oh, to they got Will Anderson. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. say it's the Texans or the Falcons back there, then. Yeah. Well, the, the, the Falcons like Desmond Ritter, so they may not need to go quarterback. Or even so, the Lions. The Lions would have the to Lions go quarterback. Would potentially go quarterback. So it, it does all depend on who, who has the number one pick. Kevo Kevo makes an interesting point. Cox setback was clearly because oh, of the scheme. Gannon doesn't allow the tackles to attack like our past coaches. He instructs him to break down, read, and react. Exactly. 
why we're good at linebacker now. I actually agree we, with that. Like under Schwartz, agree. it was go under Schwartz. It was stop the run on your way to the quarterback. Like just didn't the, Cox make a statement in season that they basically oh, tried to make him walk he, he back. Doesn't paid, no, he doesn't get paid to cover screens or something. Yeah. I like, agree. like why would you, you have a 340 pound guy covering a screen? It makes zero sense. So I agree with him. So, but the thing with that then Kevo is he has to come out and like have those three and a half sacks he had last season in like the first two or three weeks. If the scheme works and if the scheme is done right by Gannon this year, we should see a resurgence from Fletcher Cox. But I don't know if we're necessarily going to see it. I don't know if I'm on board with saying we're going to see that resurgence from Fletcher Cox. I think age factors into this too. Yeah. Randall says if we can't get Bates, what's wrong with Chuck Clark? The Eagles were talking to Chuck Clark on doing a Clark for Rager trade. It just broke down at the draft. Yeah, it was like Clark and or was Rager and like I think it was a third for something like that. Something. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with 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 Chuck Clark. I just don't know. I don't think how he sees safety as the need that the fans do. I just don't. I think that Howie has said basically Jonathan Gannon's going to get creative. He is going to go in there and he is going to use all these guys in multiple different positions with multiple different looks. And we don't need all these safeties. We're not going to play the safeties back in our back in the end zone waiting for the free running wide receiver there's going to be this defense is going to look so different. And I think that Howie is basically saying safety doesn't matter in this defense. We're going to be multiple. We're not going to need to worry so much about the safety because there's going to be so many different lines of defense before those final two safeties. And people are discounting how much they really like Marcus Epps. He literally, uh, maybe maybe it was the four weeks of really like dead silence in Eagle land that got people forgetting what they were saying about Epps, but Epps and Hertz were the two main talking points for like a month after the draft because they want Epps to work and they are going to make him work. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Epps fan and that's why it was kind of, I thought that they would, when they jumped ahead of, Baltimore, it could have been Kyle Hamilton, especially after Jamison Williams got drafted by Detroit. I didn't expect it to be Jordan Davis. I thought maybe they would go linebacker, but or excuse me, safety. But like you said, he doesn't he doesn't see it as a big need. Like we we see it as a big need. Oh, and by the way, Randall, it is an option. Chuck Clark <laughs> is an option. If you have to give up a first for Jesse Bates, or you have to give up a three, and you offload a guy like Jalen Rager or one of your disgruntled players, yes. Absolutely. You take the discount on the safety position because you already have at least one guy who you have a lot of faith in. You're only looking to get that second safety or a 1A, 1B type work. 100%. If it's a three in regger or something, you you do it. As, as Kevo says, you know, having a guy like Jordan Davis that can eat up blockers is going to help the linebackers. It's going to help the defensive ends. It's going to help out Fletcher Cox. Um, so <clears throat> we should see a, a more aggressive defense this year. And again, if we don't see a more aggressive defense, I don't know what the hell Gannon's problem is. I really don't. He 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 fought for it. He he complained about it. Like he he basically said it without saying it that he needed this type of help and this type of support. He got it. How he heard him loud and clear, and now he has it. So he has to make it work. I understand he's a, a he's a super intelligent football mind. I understand that's why he's basically being recruited. He's already probably being wind and dined by other teams, prepping for next season and taking them on as a head coach. I know we may not see it, 
but we we know that he's going to be gone eventually. Um, yeah, that's how he said so, it this earlier this all season. They're renting uh, Jonathan Gannon. Shout out, Randall. Thanks. Tomorrow is camp, baby. We are so excited for that to be back. Thanks for stopping in and thanks for generating some great conversation. The one thing us. about camp that I missed is that when it was at Lehigh and the players stayed in the dorms and you would see them, you know, unloading their cars with TVs and game systems. We don't see that anymore because they stay home. They go to they go to Lehigh. They go to Novacare. I miss camp. And, and when it was at Lehigh University, be able to go and watch them. Like I remember going, remember going back in in. 2000 and I don't even know when it was. I, I, went, I think not when Nandi game I, I went. or even, I don't know if I went when T.O. was here, but I heard it was ridiculous down there when T.O. was here. Um, but, yeah, I miss I miss the training camp at Lehigh University. I wish they would go back to, to it, uh, whether it's at Lehigh or at a different university, but it, it's never, never going to happen. <laughs> don't worry, Paul. We do not forget they were in play for a lot of players this offseason. Yeah, I'm starting to be skeptical about what in play really meant, whether it was Howie making a phone call. Oh, I'd like uh, X amount guaranteed in this much annually. Oh, thank you for the phone conversation. Hangs up the phone. Like, I'm wondering how much in on safety he was. Oh, you know, he has his reporters on call where he's like, yeah, as soon as as soon as soon Marcus Williams signs, he calls him up and goes, yeah, we, we had a deal for him. Like, or we put, a, we put out a, co- a contract for him. He just didn't choose it. I'm with you. I don't know what in play means. Like, who knows? But they were in play on a lot of guys this year. Allen Robinson, um, you know, the safeties. Like, they were in play on a bunch of people. Agreed. This has been great, man. It has been great. Thank you to our to to the to everybody in the comment section. It was it was awesome being able to to read the comments going back and forth. Um, we are one day away from the player, the Eagles players reporting to camp. I think two days away from the first official practice of camp. I can't wait, dude. And then we are about three and a half weeks, August 12th, the first preseason game at home against the New York Jets. Um, by the way, what do you think of the Eagles' black helmets? If As long as they don't wear them with the black. If they, they wear, wear with, with the black. But that's the thing. Like, it just... It's going to be, no, it's the color rush. It'll be the black pants. I know, but I don't like that. I don't like that idea. Like, I think the helmet would look great with the white or with the, you know, the the dark green, you know, that midnight green, but black, black, they're just trying to take funeral to another level, the black on black on the black on whatever more black you can have. Arizona's black helmets, though, like, has like, like, it seems like red sparkle in it. The, the yeah, Arizona there's some Park. that are nice. There's some helmets that they release that are good. I'm just there's looking good forward looking to the Kelly Green uniforms next year. <laughs> I yeah, can't who wait cares about another black Eagles thing? Bring back the Kelly Green. Well, they are. They just couldn't do it this year because Nike doesn't have the color palette. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But we're, we're good. We're waiting for We We started this show, what, four years ago now? We've been the Kelly Green now. We're waiting for that return. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LJHero54. Follow The Painted Lines on Twitter at The Painted Lines and on YouTube at The Painted Lines. Also, check out the website, thepaintedlines.com. If you didn't get a chance to watch the stream live, but you're listening to us now, wherever you're listening to us, please rate and review the show. For Connor, I'm LJ. The Eagles football is back, baby. Thank you for listening to The Kelly Green Hour. You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it.
Sanders patiently arrives. Sanders, good cut. And another block. Sanders still going. 